the kind of guy that would say, hey baby, let's get away, let's go someplace, huh? Where I don't care. He's the kind of guy that should give you everything and trust your heart, share all of your love till death do you part. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the legendary Stay House Podcast. Once again, you're with Chris, and we're with Jordan. What up? What's going on, man? I, I think I'm starting to love that uh, that intro, just adding that, that legendary. Definitely is. It is legendary. It is. Uh, legendary like the great Aretha Franklin. Oh, man. Yes. We lost recently. You have, and we'll hear some musical dedication to her also uh real quick just on a on a very very serious note um lost a close personal friend of mine uh to some senseless violence in, okay. in tennessee um and, and to his family uh, the rices you know i i want to give my deepest condolences i've already expressed it to them but you know on, on this forum as well uh, many individuals who may even listen to the podcast know him, know Kendall. Um, real good guy. He'll give you the shirt off his back, man. And, and if, if you didn't fit it, he will walk with you to get another one. So uh, I'm going to miss him. Uh, we know what's out there for him and for us. And so, you know, the opportunity to see him again. Uh, but, you know, condolences to the family. Much love to the family. And also the friends, man. Many friends who who grew to know and love them. That being said, uh, we'll jump right into the Stay Eyes podcast. We're going to talk a little local baseball. And besides that, we'll just get into baseball in general. First thing we want to talk about, and and I said this a few weeks ago, Jordan. Watch what you watch. What you tweet. Watch what you tweet. Yeah. Yeah, because one of our one of our new sports heroes, so to speak, locally is now a victim of it. Michael Kopech went out, had his spectacular debut, although it was cut short by rain. Uh, Chicago ain't nothing nice. No, had it cut short by rain, but in two innings, four strikeouts. And he just didn't show the fastball that he's renowned for. Uh, he he showed multiple pitches. He got one strikeout on a nice curve. We saw some some sliders with movement. We even saw a two seam fastball with some inside movement that caught a guy. So Kopech pulled out the arsenal on, on the other night. He was able to show a little something something. Now, what I would like personally to see from Kopech, Kopech especially as a White Sox fan, to learn to pitch as opposed to throw. He's he's very confident. Boarding on cocky, if you will. Oh yeah. And, you know, needless to say, he he was he went out there with the idea of I'm gonna show them what I got, and he pulled out all the pitches. You know, and, and he he said in his press conference, you know, I throw the fastball until they hit it. But in reality, he went out there and, and showed off a bit, showed quite a bit of the of the arsenal, quite a bit of the weaponry. But I want to see him simplify to where 
he is going fastball, fastball, fastball until they hit it, and then maybe pepper in some of those other pitches to to finish people off. You know what? I I gotta say I was extremely impressed. I agree with you, but uh, man, the real the the real big takeaway that I got from just those two innings, of course, before the rain delay, unfortunately stopped his debut. Uh, he he had a lot of pitches thrown through those two innings. I think it was close to like 40s or in the 40s. I got to say, he actually, to me, looked like he had command of the strike zone. He looked like he had his control because I think there was a moment where he was, he was in the hole. I believe it was runners on first and third, no outs in the first inning, and he got out of that jam. And in fact, there was one uh, – moment where he was going back and forth with uh, one of the batters. I can't remember his name, but it was a 3-2 count and the guy kept knocking off pitches, kept fouling off pitches and Kopech kept throwing strikes. Like I, I almost expected Kopech to give in and throw something crazy, like throw so hard that, you know, it goes uh, out of control or into the ground or flies over somewhere and then a run scores which I would have been fine with because, you know, if you only get one uh, damage from, from, from that inning after only two, after only uh, having no outs and people on first and third, then I'm okay with that. But he got out of there with no run scored. I thought that that was very impressive. That was really the biggest takeaway for me was actually his control in that first inning. Yeah, he, he did come out cocky. He, he definitely showed it. He kind of had like a Mark Burley approach. He clearly was uh, speeding up the uh, from pitch to pitch, which, I mean, I don't mind. As a baseball fan, I, I really do like seeing the game kind of flow a little bit faster than normal, you know. I don't need all that time in between pitches. So that, w- that was okay. But uh, overall, man, I got to say his, uh, his debut, I give it a B plus. Uh, he kind of needs to slow down on the pitch count. He needs to reel it in and maybe – be a little bit more craftier as to how he uses his pitches instead of always trying to strike everybody out. But very impressive overall, man. Kopech is, is going to be a nice piece to uh, that White Sox team. I, I promised a couple guys as the resident White Sox fan in most of our groups and in our chats, I promised a few guys, man, that you were going to see some electric stuff. And that's what you saw. Oh, Michael yeah. Michael Kopech was electric the other yeah. night. And I look forward to seeing it more. Uh, unfortunately for Mr. Kopech, uh, he reeled in those tweets a little bit too late. <laughs> so, wait, 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 let, me, let me screw up my system first. <laughs> you have to do it. If you are a white guy in baseball, in any sport probably, but baseball yeah. is what's going right now. If you're white in baseball, and, you know, how you feel about the use of certain words is, is personal opinion, and I leave it to you. I'm not going to dive into it. But if you're a white guy in baseball and you have any confidence in your ability, go and uh, scrub that social media. Go ahead and do that, even if you're a teenager. You coaches out there, if you see you have a guy that might have some potential, get him to scrub that social media. Because it's gonna pop back up. I mean, dude, I, I'm sorry. It, this, this is it, it's almost borderline idiotic now because it's like you've had all of these previous guys. Uh, the dude from uh, from uh, Milwaukee. You got other people who have been caught with previous either racist tweets or just vulgar tweets. 
uh, just kind of demeaning things that's being said, statements that they want to take back. But like you, you should have known, okay, they got this guy, they got that guy, they got this person. I am making my debut. I am now on the scene. I am now in the spotlight. Top prospect coming from the uh, AAA. Making his debut, like my mind would have been, I'm deleting all this stuff months ago. You know, you 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 got to be smart. You you got to know that when you're on a high, and this is interesting to me, but it is it's the way the world works. When you're on a high, whether you're an athlete or a famous person, there is always somebody that is actually being paid to find dirt on you. You know, you so you got to make sure you are squeaky clean if you're going to continue to stay on top, stay stay on that high. Otherwise, something's going to be brought out that you didn't realize from years ago or months ago or whenever, and it's going to come back to bite you in the butt. And you just better hope it's not extremely crazy and it's going to mess up either your career or, or whatever, your, your, your fan base. But, yeah, that, that, that wasn't smart. He should have got, gotten rid of that stuff a long time ago, man. Got to do it. And other baseball news and some stuff that happened on the other side of town. Somebody hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's get a little bit more pep in your voice. Hold on, re- retry saying that. Okay, I'm sorry. <clears throat> in other news, the Chicago <laughs> Cubs traded for Jeff Blauser 2.0. Oh, how dare you, sir? How dare you? You know what? I'll say it then. In other news... Excitingly, on the other side of town with the winning squad, the Chicago Cubs, we have come out of nowhere to pick up three-time All-Star second baseman Daniel Murphy from the Washington Nationals. They are in the midst of a fire sale, and they've given us probably one of the top hitters in the league, and we gave them nothing for it. Oh, that's awesome. Wait, 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 wait. Top hitters in the league? Hey, hey, hey. Do you know that Daniel Murphy is an extremely good hitter? He hits to all all parts of the park. He hits for power. The last two years, the man hit like 330 on average. Ever since the All-Star game, when he's come back from whatever he was hurt from, he's averaged, I believe, a 336 batting average. The man can, can rake, okay? The man can hit. His career batting average against the Cubs is like 857. So if you take away all of those hits. Oh, my God. And then they, really have statistics, they have statistics that show whether you're one of the best hitters in baseball. And according to statistics, he isn't. There's a lot of people better. Now, it's been said by my in our group that 20 other teams would rather have Daniel Murphy than their current second baseman. Exactly. I checked. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> what you did. What did your research tell you, sir? Oddly enough, close. It's not 20. It might be roughly 12. Oh, but, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. There are there are literally 18 teams who would rather probably rather have their second baseman than Daniel Murphy. Uh, okay. And apparently, and apparently the fact that he went all the way to the Cubs and waivers may indicate there's more than 18 teams that would uh, rather have their second baseman than Daniel Murphy. Look here, all I got to say is Theo never, ever sleeps. He jumps on things 
like a cat, okay? We took advantage of an opportunity. Washington Nationals said, you know what? We're not as good as we thought we would be. We need to just jump ship. Let's get ready for next year. And they letting everybody go except Bryce because they know they need to try either re-up and give him a big contract or get something for him in, in, uh, in, in some sort of trade That's a, instead of uh, letting him go. So, look, I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. It's okay. I feel like you're just throwing a little bit of shade. I didn't say anything wrong about Kopech. I mentioned all great things about Kopech, but it's okay. You don't want to give me a whole bunch of, you know, good things on Daniel Murphy. It's all right. We'll just, we'll just see how he assists us in winning our second championship in three years. That's all I'll say. You didn't say all good things about Kopech. You went on yada, 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 pitch count, yada, 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 yada strike out too much, yada, yada, yada. Well, the truth is he did throw a lot of pitches, but overall I was very impressed. And you the truth is, not, you cannot Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy is a very good hitter. He is not an average hitter. He is an above-average hitter. If you take out his numbers against the Cubs, how good is he? Uh, you're talking about against one team. When he plays against anybody, mind you, look at his stats for the Washington Nationals as far as batting average for the whole year. The last two years, he was, MV- he was not close to being MVP in the NL and then also as an all-star. The man hit 347 for a year and then 330-something the next year before this year. So let's not toy around and act like he's just some willy-nilly pickup. I know. I know. You know I what? I, 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 I took the bait, and I, I, I shouldn't even dived into this. You know good and well he's a good pickup. That remains to be seen. I will say the Jeff Blauser comparison is apropos. Oh, my God. Because, I don't even know who that is, but it just sounds like a, a really random, weak guy. Because that wait, name. Wait, 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 wait. You're a Cub fan and you don't know who Jeff Blauser is? I know that name, but I just can't put it with a face or a time period. When, where, where and when was Jeff Blauser around? Jeff Blauser is a former Atlanta Brave who was a Cub killer. Notoriously a Cub killer. The year before the Chicago Cubs signed him to a uh, at the time, gargantuan contract. He was the best shortstop in the NL, arguably. Okay. Um, he had put up quite, quite interestingly good numbers. And he was a solid shortstop for a long time. And then two years before he got with the Cubs, his numbers spiked up a bit. And he was really good. And he was a Cub killer. So the Cubs went out and said, let's grab him. And when he got to the Cubs, he... He no no hit no more. <laughs> he no hit no more. Yeah. Speaking of no mo, no mar was the same way. Mm-hmm. But no mar wasn't a cup killer. No. So, oh yeah. He wasn't a cup killer. I mean, well, not until he got to the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, I know. But that's the only reason I made that comparison. Just like the the notorious cup killer signs with the Cubs. And then kind of falls off the the edge of the map. That's all. It may work out for you guys. But I tell you what, that's a good little response because Milwaukee ain't playing. No, they're not. They're not. They they somehow sticking around. But actually, Milwaukee's falling off. St. Louis somehow is coming out of nowhere. Because Matt Carpenter is hitting everything really hard. Yeah. I, I don't know how that's happening, but yeah. Well, he always does things, and you don't know how it happens. That's the way St. Louis operates. 
It's like, who's on their team? Nobody. How are they winning? We don't know. Exactly. That's what the Cardinals seem to do. Please don't sleep on the Brewers, Cubs fans. They're coming. They went out and got Jonathan Scope, who's uh, who's good. He's good. So you have that, the best outfield in baseball, and one of the top homer hitting first basemen in baseball, and now you went out and got one of the better second basemen in baseball. Yeah. Um, it's not a game out here. Yeah. And. And the rumor has it that in the fire sale, was, I guess it's been confirmed now, in the Washington Nationals fire sale, Bryce Harper was that close to being an L.A. Dodger. Yeah, I, I heard about that. And that would have been utterly ridiculous. Utterly. You know, it, it clearly would have been the NL coming down to, well, you would think on paper, L.A. and uh, Chicago. They're just no players. And Milwaukee. No, no. You do realize St. Louis took over, right? St. Louis took over the second. uh, I believe they're only two and a half back now. I don't know how the games are being played right now, but I believe they took over. Still like a month of baseball left. That's true. I'm just saying, you know, Milwaukee's teeter-tottering. But I'm not worried. (laughs) No sweat. Atlanta looks pretty good. Yes, Ronald Acuna, Acuna, Acuna Matata. Acuna Matata. And that's what I, What else I wanted to get into. The unwritten rules of baseball. Yeah. The whole hitting a guy because he's killing you. Or the hitting a guy because he showboats you. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm not too keen on that. I don't believe in doing that. I believe that that's just a way of not trying to get embarrassed. Like if you are mad at a person showboating, then stop him. Make sure you pitch to them properly. You know, it, it, that, that, that's how you get back at somebody. You don't try to injure somebody with a, 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 a pitch that you don't know where it could hit. You know, that that's just stupid to me. That's not something that you should do as a professional. You get back at somebody by trying to hurt them. You know, if you think about doing that in any other sport, somebody <laughs> got a hole in one. So what, next time you see him, you're going to chop him in the leg with a golf club or, <laughs> you know, in, in hockey, you're going to knock somebody out, you know, with a with a puck? Like, yes, you can't do. <laughs> oh, yes. OK, well, I'm glad you're not in a sport because that would be ridiculous. No, that's well, just ridiculous. I don't think that 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 you should get back that way. That that to me is a very dumb. It needs to be taken out of the sport. That's not the way you retaliate. I know there are times where some managers actually allow it and want it to happen to kind of get back because they think that oh well yeah this team did that's us so we're gonna show them that we're not gonna be pushed over. No, you stop them. Make the proper pitches and then that person won't be able to hit five, six, seven home runs in a row. What about the you hit our guy, we hit your guy? To me, that depends on if, it's, if it was truly an accident. If you're just trying to send a message like, all right, we see you, like, come on. And, and to me, it, I guess it depends on, okay, if the pitch was a little in, but it didn't hit the person. To me, that's the message. Like, if it's up high, close to the helmet, but it didn't hit you, okay. But I don't know. To me, that, that I'm on the fence with that because a person – makes mistakes they're going to be hit batters you can't that's part of the game 
you know, and nobody has that perfect of a control 100% of the time. So you just have to expect it. Like Anthony Rizzo, that man, he crowds the plate more than I've ever seen anybody. He literally welcomes being dinged in the, the thigh or the arm or whatever, you know, and he takes his base, you know, but that's on him. He crowds the plate. So that's part of his little strategy. You know, we get on base any other kind of way. But if, if, a, if, like, say, if the Cubs retaliate by throwing at somebody, then that really, to me, isn't the right thing to do. It's like, okay, you know, this is how Anthony plays the game, though. This is how he stands in the box. So what are you tripping for? So I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a 50-50 with that. I think I think that the retaliation throwing at someone is a bit goofy. I'm not totally against it. I just think if you're going to do the retaliation throw, hit him in the in the butt, hit him in, you know, in, in the uh, less sensitive areas. I mean, you're yeah. not throwing at knees, femurs, because I don't care what anybody says, man. These guys have pinpoint control when they really, really want to. Like, you know, and, and not to say they can't lose control and throw something crazy, but you know, if a, if, if a pitch hits a guy in a certain spot, you know, you can tell whether it was a mistake or not. And nine times out of ten, it wasn't. Like, guys throwing at shoulders and throw it at the butt, you know, get your point across or, or brush them back, get your point across, and keep it moving. Uh, I think that if he didn't call for it, he hinted at it, he being Don Mattingly, at Acuna being thrown at, if you look at the numbers, Acuna was two games away from breaking Mattingly's record. So I think that may that may have added impetus for put some added impetus for him to, to being Mr. Acuna. But fret not, Atlanta Braves fans, because Mr. Acuna has quickly gotten hot once again. Yeah, yes. That dude is gonna be nice. Another team for the Cubs to fear there. Yeah, yeah, I will admit that they got some good prospects. No, I'm sorry, not prospects. They got some good major leaguers. They're they're on the they're on the rise. Premier Albies, yeah. So, moving on. Urban Meyer is a scumbag. (laughs) We just gonna start with that. (laughs) Urban Meyer is a scumbag today. He is. He is. He's a scumbag, and he gets away with it. First, the guy's faking heart problems so he doesn't have to stay in Florida after Tim Tebow leaves. Yeah. See, he knew that was going to get bad fast because he saw, oh, Alabama coming. Then he plays the whole I want to be with my family card. And last I checked, his family lived nowhere near Columbus, Ohio. And somehow he pops up in Columbus, Ohio to coach Ohio State. And make them a national power. Yeah. Con these Midwestern kids, because the Southern kids are onto my game, and there's a better poker player down there. Then we have now. I believe his assistant coach was slapping around his his wife or his girlfriend, his wife. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Mister Meyer knew about this. Mr. Meyer's wife knew about this. About to say his wife did too. <laughs> and apparently 
Nobody said nothing. Uh, just slap her around a few times. We'll look the other way. Kept his job. And family game night I, didn't go so well. No, it did not. You can be a loser at the game of life. <laughs> but apparently, the old 1950s way of handling this is not the way you want to do it anymore. So Urban Meyer had to pay the price for allowing this to take place. Yeah. And the price that the NCAA heaped upon him to to teach him a lesson, you're going to sit out three weeks. Three weeks. Shame on you. Now take this little whooping and be a good boy for the future. Get out of here, man. That, that is the most stupidest thing I've ever seen. And, and like, like I, that almost infuriates me because it's like you know good and well. Because he got up on the, I believe it was maybe a month ago. He got up on, uh, he 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 was at a press conference and he clearly said that he had no idea what was going on. You know, to me, that right there shows that you're you're covering up so much and, and you only get that amount of time off. Like, you should be fired. You should be. But as I said before, power always overtakes justice. You know, it, and more so than not, 90% of the time, you see power over overtake justice, especially in athletics. You know, you got people that are doing all types of crazy stuff. And there were stories about what he used to do to his players at, at Florida, you know, throwing Gatorade, full Gatorade uh, 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 bottles at them when they weren't doing anything right. And just just physical intimidation and things of that nature, like stuff that comes out is insane, man. You think these people are so squeaky clean and they have this great smile on TV and oh, look at the, 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 the program that they're that they're creating at this this huge school, this 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 big time school, you know, those people in there don't care nothing about at the end of the day about the, all those those personal things that are going on. As long as Urban Meyer wasn't doing any of the damage, they're going to act like they're slapping them on the wrist and then hey, get back to helping our, our school make money and uh, win uh, football games. I can't even blame the school completely. I blame the NCAA yet again. The NCAA is, is highly hypocritical. The NCAA is... I mean, it's just, it's like a, a team of scumbags, man. It, it, it's, you're sitting up here and, you know, we've already spoken on whether college athletes should be compensated. And you're sitting here and you're pretty much just robbing kids blind. And when you target a program or, or a coach or a player for a reason, you can get them. You can, you can really ruin a program. Look at what they did to SMU. Look at what they're currently doing to Ole Miss. And by the way, since we're on that subject, want to make a recommendation, a great watch out there for you college football fans. SB Nation has like a four-part series called Foul Play. And it, it talks about how they're going after Ole Miss and how it works in conjunction with Mississippi State. And if you recall the whole Laramie Tunsil thing, it kind of it kind of involves that too. So wow. uh, that's a good watch. You know, if you, if you got about an hour and a half, it's broken up into four parts. They're all like 20, 22, 23 minutes apiece. Foul play, four episodes. 
You can catch it on YouTube or on SB Nation. Good watch, man. Good watch. It, it actually kept me up last night for quite some time. Just just watching. It was so interesting. But the NCAA, it talks about the NCAA, and you can see that the NCAA is they're they're crooked themselves. And they they want to be this white knight, and they're not. They're not. So this is just another example of you know you punish who you want to punish. You make pay who you want to make pay, and Ohio State not being good at football is bad for the NCAA right now. Yeah. So they can't afford to do anything other than slap Urban Meyer on the wrist to show that, okay, we at least acknowledge it. And, you know, in the investigation, you know, they're not even considering him lying a lie. So it's all NCAA to me, man. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm with you on that. I, I, I It's just all – crap to me I, I you know i blame everybody you know because i've seen this story way too many times but you know i find that that that's that that doesn't bother me either that you have that angle as well i just think that there's just so much that's always hidden and it's it's mainly because of the the success of this person you know now if he was a a, a scumbag and and didn't have a a great track record at, at Ohio State, and he wasn't a good coach, and that dude would be out the door. You know, so it's all about his his name, the uh, the reputation, the money that he brings into the school. You know, it's just... And the NCAA. Like, Ohio State travels well. Ohio State is a big-name college institution. Yeah. So it doesn't... Unless something egregious, terrible, over the moon happens, it does. They're going to excuse it. There are just certain certain names in college that they're going to escape unless it's just so egregious that you can't ignore it. You know, Alabama's going to get away with stuff right now because Alabama's the big name in college football. Teams that travel well have good revenue, have a good name, good merchandising. You know, and you're talking about the Midwest. How many schools in the Midwest bring in revenue? Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan. Those three, of which in the lead is probably Notre Dame and Ohio State. And those schools get away with stuff. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Whatever. I, I say no more because <laughs> I'm just going to get angry. So moving on. Carmelo Anthony. Oh, God. Do we have to waste time talking about this, Bob? Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> because Carmelo Anthony now has uh, decided, you know what? You know what? Now that you've mentioned it, coming off the bench isn't that bad of an idea. Could it be that they told him that he's coming off the bench? Well, I... Obviously, I mean, he is not going to tell them what to do. I don't care how much you you cry and moan and stomp your feet and kick kick chairs around. You are not, and we've said th- I've said this before in previous podcasts. You are not the number one guy anymore, at, or at least not on that team. Like if you stayed in Atlanta, yeah, it'd be obvious you're you're the man. You're starting, but on that team, oh no, 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 you have the MVP. You have a top point guard. You got other pieces that are around that do their job better. 
And so they're going to start. They don't need you to start. In fact, I think it's very good that he's coming off the bench as that offensive spark. That is his role. He needs to accept it and perfect his role in order for Houston to be a more dangerous threat. If he continues to scratch and claw and talk about how many shots he put up and what he what he can still do versus what he really can't do in reality, then he's going to mess that chemistry up in that in that in that uh, in that uh, locker room. So no, it, they they probably sat him down and say, "Look, we know who you are. You're still a household name, but get on get on that bench. You know, warm, warm that seat up, and when you come in." You, you you come in and you do your thing, but you will not be starting, and that's fine. That that he should be okay with that. I don't think it's so much he's come to grips with the fact that he's not the guy. I think they had a really good sit down, and I think having Chris Paul there, his buddy, his boy, to convince him that it might be best for them if he comes off the bench, and like you said, maybe give the added spark. You know, come in him and and. and Eric Gordon, and they can kind of run waves of offense. Mm-hmm. That might help them. Now, are they going to be Golden State? No, unless some sort of uh, mysterious plague or black lung. It's <laughs> black lung. <laughs> but no, they're not going to be Golden State. They may not even be the second best team in the West anymore. But it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting. It's, it's like a really zany kidnapping comedy, or something yeah, like that. Exactly. It'll be it'll be fun and exciting. But eh, you, know, you know how that sounds. I just I just think that th- at this point in Carmelo's career, it's what's called he he needs to realize this is what is now called a reality check. Like you have to know who you are and where you're at in your career. You know, you, you, you have to know your, your role, you know, it's the same with Derek Rose. It's the same with others who, who were what they were. And now they're not, or they're just getting older age, obviously defeats all after a while, you're going to fall off at some point. You have to accept it. By the time is undefeated. All the time, baby. And when he's ready to come and get you, he straps that piano on your back and there's nowhere for you to go. It's like Thanos uh, grabbing, uh, <laughs> grabbing, uh, uh, what's her name? <laughs> Throwing her into the, uh, into the, into the soul pit or whatever. Oh, uh, the Gamora toss. Gamora. Like Thanos grabbing Gamora. Like, it, there's nowhere to go. Just accept it. Here you go. All right. Yeah. Chicago Bears. Mr. Uh, Roquan Smith is in camp and proceeded to hurt himself. <laughs> yeah, that's Who didn't see that coming? Yeah, I actually didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I thought that somehow, and he probably was. I think he, they said that he was still working out at the Georgia facility uh, during his holdout, you know, and honestly, I don't blame anything on him. I think that just had to do with his agency, who is the top agency, you know, for – what they do and they wanted to make a stand and they use the bears as that, that team to take a stand on. And he was caught in the middle. I honestly believe that. I think he really wanted to be out there, you know, and it is what it was, but uh, yeah, it, it, 
hamstring injury, you got a little hammy, so, you know, just work through that, you know, stretch it out. You're ready for Green Bay, baby. But I heard that it had stopped being about the helmet thing. It had ventured off into some behavioral stuff. So, uh, you know, it got to the point where it's like, dude, just get in the camp. Yeah. You know, they kept grasping for more and more. And I, from what I heard, the Bears conceded. You know, they were willing to give in on the, the helmet thing, on the helmet clause. But then they, they said, oh, since we got that, let's get some more. And let's get some more. And let's ask for this. And it's like, okay, all right. Do you want to play football or not? Yeah, right. Uh, finally got him in, and, you know, he had to get caught up and acclimated, and he hurt his hamstring. You know, yeah. I mean, again, I wish the best for the kid, man. I hope he turns out to be one of the great Bears linebackers. But got to get in the camp. I mean, I, I really believe in that, especially as, as at key positions. You know, middle linebacker is a key position. Yeah, Inside that's- linebacker. You want to get those guys in, man, and, and – help them understand the system and get them going. And, you know, yeah, technically, you know, Trevathan being down, you know, he's, he's coming back, but Trevathan being down, you're the secondary signal caller. So you got to get in there and understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's what, that, that's, that, that is a very important position outside of left tackle, outside of quarterback. That is an extremely important position. You are the general of the defense more times than not. So I think he that the 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 training, the the getting himself in, in, in good shape and conditioning, that is important. And also being able to to direct the, the defense, being the play caller, being being the, the caller for the you know defensive plays and the, the zones and the coverages, you, you gotta know all those things. So hopefully he's kind of caught up on that too. That's another thing that I'm a little leery about is does he know, you know, is he ready to take on that responsibility as well? Yeah, man. We need you to be our Navarro Bowman, our Patrick Willis. Oh, yeah. You know, let's get in here. Let's, let's do some damage, Mr. Roquan. Let's do some damage. Yeah. Did you like what you saw of your boy Anthony Miller so far? Look here, man. I I am trying to hold my excitement for this dude, but I cannot contain it. Every time he does something, because I was pissed when they didn't pass him the ball that first preseason game. I was like, okay, all right, maybe the second preseason game. And and when I say second, I actually mean third, because I don't count the Hall of Fame game. That's just, you just throw that crap out. But the second preseason game, uh, this past week, uh, that that showed a lot. You're talking about that catch. First of all, a great throw by Mitch Trubisky across his body, you know, throwing it into double coverage on a tight rope, and the man's hands just clobbered it up. He he caught it, great concentration. They they've been raving about his hands. He he has extremely strong hands, and then on top of that, the man stiff armed the mess out of whoever whatever cornerback was was uh, with them on the other throw he had going across the middle and uh, gained the first down. So very impressed with him. I cannot wait until that man plays a whole game. I really am excited to see what he does and what he really turns into, man. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say he's going to be special. He is going to be a star. How good of a star, I don't know, but he is going to make a name for himself fairly quickly. 
I hope so. I hope so. I, it did look good, some of the things he's doing. And I look forward to seeing more. And then Trubisky comes out and says they haven't even scratched the surface of that offense. Ooh-wee, okay. He's saying, don't, don't fret. You may not have seen a whole lot from him in the offense, but he said they haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah. So. Now he's hiding a lot of little little tricks. I hope he's hiding uh, Tariq Cohen's tricks because I haven't really seen a whole lot out of, out of Tariq Cohen, and I think he's still a little slow to knowing routes and play calls. I got a feeling the Bears, they'll be good. I'm, I'm, I'm falling back a little bit on my expectations of them first year. But okay. I still think they'll be exciting to watch, and, and they'll be a, a solid team. They'll they'll be a tough game for most, if not all, their opponents this year. That's what that 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 you 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 took the words right out of what I was going to think. Uh, like they'll be exciting to watch. Back then, you know, you had the John Fox era and the 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 uh, Doctor Death. They used to call I forgot his name. Uh, Trustman. Trustman. Mark Trustman. Yeah, they they even when they lost, it was like it looked like they were going to lose. Like they didn't have any excitement. The play calls were generic. They were basic. It almost was like you knew what we were going to call. So just stop it. You know, this year you got stuff. You got all types of just different looks and schemes and things of that nature, man. Even if they lose. I just want you to look fun, like look excited, just like the Bulls. Like, you got talent on your team now. Just play in a way that will get me intrigued so that I know for the future when things start coming together, then when we can start winning, then it will be just ultimately exciting to watch them. Look forward to seeing the Bears. The uh, test run, preseason game three, is this weekend. So I look forward to that. See see what they're doing. See what they're working with. Maybe we'll see a little bit more of the book opened up and see if uh, Mitch can handle it. Right now, if I was to do it all over again, I would take Deshaun Watson over Mitch Trubisky. But um, that's not to say Mitch is bad. It's not to say Mitch is going to be bad. But just based on what we've seen so far, I would go with the Deshaun Watson. But you know, if if Mitch can can do it all, I, I I want him to be good, man. You don't you don't draft a quarterback number two, and and he comes out and is regular. I don't need regular. I need I need Mitch to take some leaps. Yeah, but all as always, man, you always need a team around you to kind to to kind of make you to, to to show off your talent. You know, if you got people that like you're throwing to, it's so bad I don't even know the dude's name who thinks he's just so good, and he's still a uh, he's still on the team as a wide receiver. Uh, he, he, you if you have weak talent to throw to, I mean, it's only so much you can do. These players, they get away with some bad throws because the the receivers that they throw to have such a huge catch radius, and they are very talented. I mean, you look at Julio Jones. You know, you don't have to be accurate when you throw to Julio Jones. You don't have to be accurate when you throw to Odell Beckham because he can one-hand plays and jump up and get it. And You know, so Mitch Trubisky has the talent around him now to be on the level of what Deshaun Watson was doing, I think, last year because Deshaun already has one of the top three wide receivers in the game right now statistically so i mean you you you're going to have a uh you're going to have a good showing meaning deshaun watson when you have that type of talent around you will fuller he shined that was the deep threat so i don't know i i i'm a wait and see on that one i i, I don't i wouldn't still pick 
Deshaun Watson over Mitch. I think it's kind of uneven. You have somebody who who had more college experience too, was a little bit more in the limelight. I think give it a little bit more time before that is is said about you know taking Watson over over Trubisky. Well, I'm 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 really speaking to right now. Um, what I would do, okay. but you know, like I said, going forward, we'll we'll see what happens. But Deshaun showed a lot, and oh yeah, it it helps to have. And DeAndre Hopkins is a monster. Yes, he is. Like when push comes to shove, I will pick him for the final for for the uh, fantasy football league. He he has taken uh, Best Buy employees at quarterback and made them look halfway decent. No matter who you yeah. put under center, he's catching the ball that they throw. Yeah, yeah. So, but still, you know, and I'm hoping the best for Mitch. I hope Mitch ends up being the best out of that group. But, I mean, I'm just speaking to right now. I got a complaint. And, you know, the past few podcasts, we've talked about food and made some recommendations. Hopefully you all uh, took us up on some of these recommendations. I drove past El Grand Burrito today, and I was going to I was gonna turn around, too. I wanted it really bad. But it looked good, okay. and okay. I was tired. So I was like, I'm just going home. I may go back okay. tomorrow. I may go back tomorrow or this weekend. But El Gran Burrito is a. Uh, I think it's on my list for the weekend. You will not regret I may it. Try the uh, what was that the burrito station? That's right, the burrito station, baby. It's calling your name. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, whatever. I'm gonna need you to um, shoot me some coordinates on that later. Okay, we'll do. We'll do. But here's my complaint and. I know we live in the digital age and in the age of more contact with computers than with flesh and blood. And as a result, you now have kiosks where you go into a restaurant and you order your food and there's no physical contact, no human emotion. And there's no, this guy's nice. Let me throw an extra couple fries in there. They're cutting that out. Right. Right. And because of that, we've now sacrificed, and it was going away anyway, but we've definitely sacrificed the value of customer service. I went to absolutely I went to a restaurant today, and I won't say the name of this restaurant. Just know that the little girl has red pigtails. But I, <laughs> gee, I wonder who. And I love this place. I really do. I think it's it's you know on my on my list of fast food restaurants. Let me just ask one thing. Just one thing. I'm not gonna give it away. I'm not gonna mess okay. up your story. Is the location on Torrance. No, no, I wouldn't do something like that. Um Okay. Oh, never mind. You know, of, of burger joints, when you talk about the big three, they're on the top of my list. Okay. So Wait, are you talking fast food your burger joints like like like, like the right. big three you know so when when i'm when I'm going in today like so subpar like the girl poor little girl maybe and maybe it's she's in high school and she's just starting or maybe she's going back to college this week and she's a little shook first gig it could be could be. But she 
everything was fouled up. She fouled up everybody's order. Everybody's order. She didn't foul mine up. Uh, she didn't mess up my order. But it took so long to get to me. I was third in line when I walked in, and I was in there for roughly 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And it it was bad. You know, it was bad. And then you had the the either current or former workers of the Pigtail restaurant who are there and they're chatting across the counter and playing around all right. and all the people are coming around talking to them as if they'd never seen them before. And I'm like, okay, this is all fine if you didn't have a restaurant full of mad that you're taking too long. Right. But when you're sitting up here and you're messing up orders and everything's slow and it's delayed. And then there's certain things you're not supposed to say. She was about to serve serve something and she made mention of the fact that you know they were almost out. They were at the at the at the bottom of it. So when she said that the lady's like, Well, I don't want what's on the bottom. Give me a fresh batch. So then that took a little yeah. it was like, you know. The whole customer service aspect and understanding what you're supposed to say and how you're supposed to say it and what you're supposed to do and what appearances you're supposed to have with customers standing there in frustration. It seemed like it was lost on this. And it wasn't just the girls, the whole bunch. Because the manager was walking around, walking by. She saw what was going on. And it looked like she was about to set up a second register and then she didn't. Like, but you came out as if you were, so you got people charged up to not do anything. It was maybe I'm just in a in a complaining mood this evening, but this really got next to me. This really uh, stuck in my craw, if you will. You know, I I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you should I think you should should ease up on the the little girl, man. She she probably this probably was her first day. Give give her a chance, okay? Just give her a chance. People always at these fast food joints, they don't know what they're doing. No, I'm not the type to go off on anybody because you know, I'm 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 from the school of you don't yell at people who make your food and deliver your mail. So absolutely, you know, and 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 work with your money. So you know, I was always taught that I'm old school, so I didn't yell at the girl. And I'm a very patient person, even when it comes to food and restaurants. Very patient. It's just an observation I made, and it was it was to me just a microcosm of the entire food industry now to where people don't care about customer service anymore, or it's, it's, it's either not taught or, you know, when I was coming up, man, you had customer service training that you had to take before yeah. you worked with the public. They don't do that anymore, it seems like. It's just like everybody's just kind of winging it. It's like as long as you're here. At four thirty, after school lets out, we're gonna put you on fries, and then and you got to work the register from six to nine, and teach people how to deal with people. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I agree. I agree. I mean, some people just some people just just they're just not patient, and obviously, you know, the, those are the type of people that actually get these customer service jobs. It's, it's amazing to me that the people that aren't good at customer service are the ones in customer service because they really have been qualified to get something else. So I don't know, man. I, I take it with a grain of salt again. That's something else that I, like you said, you don't mess around with people. You never know what they're doing in the back. 
I usually like going to restaurants where I can see my food being prepared. And that's why I, I just don't trust people in general with that's that. That's why I always walk in. Like, the, the wife and the kids don't understand it. I always walk in, man. I have to see what you're doing to my food. That's a good point. I never really thought about that. Maybe I should start going out because I'm lazy. I like going through the drive through just because of the convenience. Like, yeah, just give me this, that, that, and then I'm out. But And before we get our weekly Jordan food recommendation. Ah, yes. Okay. I want right. to take this opportunity again to take another shot at Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, oh, man, you are really the enemy. I mean, I've, I've already made an enemy, so I might as well just go full tilt, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I went on Dunkin' Donuts' website, hoping, because I was passing by, and I saw, okay, they got chicken strips now, right? So I'm like, yep. okay, maybe Dunkin's turning this thing around. Maybe I spoke too soon. Maybe they're going to create a product that is something I like and find to be edible. So I go on the website, and it's part of their $2 thingy, right? So on, this two, on, okay. this, on the website, first of all, first of all, the options for the $2 menu are, um, I wouldn't call it grotesque, but <laughs> I didn't find it appealing. I didn't find it appealing. Call it, but what is what is well? What's a notch above grotesque? Like disgusting? <laughs> I, I don't. I have no words. So I'm looking at it, and not only are these options mediocre at best. If you go on Dunkin' Donuts website, the presentation of this two dollar menu is nothing short of unappealing. I mean. So when you go on the website, they have the $2 menu. They have what you what we refer to, what got me on this rant to begin with, the donut fries, right? Then you have a yeah. brownie. Then you have some sort of pretzel something. Then you have the chicken strips. And then you have a ham and cheese roll-up. So I'm going to break each of the – I'm going to give a scouting report on these untasted, right? So – First, let's start with the donut fries. Let's start with the presentation, actually. So the presentation on the website, all of these items are on napkins. (laughs) They're on napkins on a table. And (laughs) they're halfway off the napkins onto the table. Okay? The, The pretzel bite things, whatever they have, also have a dollop of mustard on the napkin. Who eats and then puts mustard on their napkin? I don't know. Now for the scouting report, since now that all my food has now touched your table and this is how you want to sell it to me. (laughs) The donut fries, you get five for $2. Five donut fries for $2. I can get three donuts for $2. Why would I buy five donut fries? Which very roughly, good point. Are the donut fries very, very no. big? It's roughly the donut fry. Five donut fries is roughly the equivalent of a donut and a half. So you're getting cheated there. <laughs> I'm on to you, DD. So <laughs> he has a name now, DD. The brownie. Okay. The brownie used to be 
that might be the only thing worth having out of all of this. Because if I recall, the brownie used to be over $2. But it doesn't look appealing at all. And when you tap on the options for the $2 menus, it doesn't even really tell you what these things are. So you're kind of guessing at what they are until you go into the restaurant. The only reason I know the names of these items partially is because people have told me what they are in my work complaints. So the pretzel bites, again, it's five pretzel bites. They're on a napkin and they come with a dollop of mustard. Does the mustard come on a napkin when they serve it to you? Who knows? Who knows? Then you have the ham and cheese roll up. You think might be a novel idea. But you basically give me one piece of Carl Buddick ham and a half slice of cheese and you roll it up in a small, uh, not even a full tortilla, kind of a, a wrappish thing. And you give me two of those without any real anything else. So you've basically taken a ham and cheese sandwich, cut it in half, rolled it up on as little bread as possible handed it to me and said that'll be $2. So I'm not accepting that either. <laughs> the piece de resistance are these, uh, I guess they're waffle breaded chicken strips. And, you know, everybody has this whole chicken and waffles take of which this is the absolute yeah. worst. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't want waffle breading on my chicken. I want waffle bread yeah. for my chicken sandwich, white castle. Right. That is delicious. But I don't want waffle breading on my chicken strip. Yeah. You know, it... <sighs> it's okay. Take a deep breath, man. It's going to be all right. I, I implore you. I implore our listeners to go on Duncan's website and look at the $2 menu option. Okay. And look at how tackily composed it is. Is tackily a word? Let's go with it. Tackily composed. Okay. It is. The word of the day is tackily. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a big presentation guy. You know, you watch these cooking shows and these chefs, they talk about you have to have great presentation. I'm not a presentation guy, but I'm finding that presentation matters a little bit. And in this presentation... It's terrible. Really? Now for Jordan's regular food recommendation. Well, yeah, let me try to save the uh, the food discussions <laughs> so it's not all negative. But as a matter of fact, I'm very glad you asked me about my daily food recommendation because just this past, I want to say, this past Monday, I was at work. And as always, you know, the nature of my job takes me all over the city of Chicago. So we come into some nice neighborhoods and some bad neighborhoods, some shady neighborhoods that have good hole in the wall joints. But this was a nice neighborhood. This was near the Fulton Market, or I believe it was near the Fulton Market area. And the address is 112 North Green Street. And there you will find a nice small restaurant called Green Street Smoked Meats. My brother, when I tell you that my uh, co-worker, he actually uh, took me there. We both never have been. We were just kind of in the area. We were doing work. So, you know, let's just find some place to eat. He treated me, 
And I was so thankful he treated me because this is some of the best oh, smoked meat I have ever tasted. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of salivating right now. But uh, he went in and he got some hot links, smoked hot links, and four smoked ribs, pork ribs. Now, they were perfectly, they were perfectly, uh, what, is, what is the right word that I need to come up with? Charred? Maybe that's the right word. But anyway, they were perfect. And the sauce took it to another level. They give you three different types of sauces. So you have the normal barbecue sauce, which actually doesn't taste like the normal barbecue sauce that you get. It had a, a little bit more tang to it. And then they had a lighter, uh, like a, a, a watered down kind of uh, consistency of a sauce. Uh, and it was more so vinegar based. And you put that on that, 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 that uh, link. And oh my God, it, 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 I was in heaven. And then the last one was, was the, like the fiery sauce. It had a little bit more kick to it. I can't remember exactly what kind of peppers or whatever spices they put in that barbecue sauce, but man, those ribs were perfect. They were falling off the bone. And I, I wanted to go back. I, I really wanted to go back. I almost cried when I ate my last bit of rib that uh, my, my coworker uh, uh, allowed me to eat. I, I just, I wanted to savor it. So I kind of ate it slow, but it just wasn't enough. So please, even we, the Stayhouse Brothers, we got to take a trip to Green Street Smoked Meats, 112 North Green Street in a very nice area. Uh, the prices, uh, I think he said it cost about 20 something dollars, which is a lot. And he got two big pieces of links and four ribs with sauce. So that that is a, a pretty high price for that. But was it worth it? Absolutely. I'll need those coordinates as well. Oh, yes, sir. And and to all that are listening, like I said, 112 North Green Street. 112 North Green Street. I'll throw one in there since we're on the barbecue kick. Okay. It's not often you feel this way about a restaurant that may or may not even be open anymore. I haven't been in about nine or ten months. But I love it. And since you talked about barbecue, I have to talk about it. That's Uncle Jay's. All right. Uncle Jay's. It springs. Mm. It springs from the legendary Uncle John's, which used to be, I believe, 163rd in Indiana. Started off a hole in the wall. Then he sold it right before he died. He sold it. And they kind of commercialized it. So if you choose to go to the Uncle John's now, that's like on 83rd. It's up to you, but it's not the original Uncle John. So it's very commercialized now, very franchised. Now, Uncle Jay's okay. is, I believe it's the guy that cooked with Uncle John. I think they were like cousins or brothers or something like that. So he opened his spot and it's on like 47th and Vincennes. Hole in the wall, uh, right down the street from like where they're trying to redo that whole area off King Drive on 47th and all in there. It's right down the street, 47th off Vincennes. Hole in the wall called Uncle Jay's. The best barbecue for the price. 
Uh, the hot links are humongous. Rib tips really? are exquisite and fall off the bone. Good portions. And you probably, for a single individual, you probably won't pay more than $15. And that's good for Chicago area barbecue. So you might even spend less than 15 It's uh, likely if you get one of the good combos. So the chicken's good. Okay. The sauce is good. The, the ribs, rib tips are good. The links are good. And they say you can tell a lot about a barbecue restaurant by the taste of the hot links. So the links are good. Try it out, Uncle Jay's. And if they're not there anymore, let me know so I won't waste a trip into the city to 47th and Vincennes. That goes for you, Jordan, or anyone who's listening. Let me know because you okay. can reach the legendary Stay Oz Podcast on social media at Stay Oz Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Anything to add? Hey, uh, yeah, just, just so you know, because I'm on it, because my mouth is watering right now. So I looked up barbecue. I just typed in barbecue in the uh, Google Maps, and Uncle Jay's Barbecue, 502 East 47th Street, they look like they are open. Oh, yeah. Look like they are open. So oh, yeah. I will definitely be saving this to my favorites. And there we go. Yeah, launch an assault on that place. <laughs> oh, I will be uh, attacking them. Well, if there's nothing else, Jordan, no other foods you have for us. No, no, I'll save that for the next time. Usually I find something new when I'm out at work. So I'll, I'll let you guys know for the next week. You're a traveling man, you know, due to the nature of your job. My job doesn't have me travel anymore. I'm, I'm handcuffed to this desk. Uh, making decisions that I don't get paid well enough for. <laughs> but again, thanks to everybody who listened to us. Again, you can reach Stay House Podcast at Stay House Podcast, Instagram, and Twitter. We're going to try to get a little more active on a social media level, too, so you'll see a little more from us. Once again, you've been with Chris. You've been with Jordan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Stay House Podcast. See y'all next time. All right now. The kind of guy that would say, hey baby, let's get away, let's go someplace, huh? He's the kind of guy that would say, hey baby, let's get away, let's go someplace, huh? He's the kind of guy that would say, hey baby, let's get away, let's go someplace, huh? Where well, the kind of guy that would say, hey babe, let's get away, let's go someplace, huh? He's the kind of guy that would say, hey babe, let's get away, let's go someplace, huh? Kind of guy.